Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Scott Stebbin Podcast. It is an exciting day today. I hope you have been enjoying this. Um, if you are watching the oceans behind my head right now, it's not because I like Hillsong. It is because... <laughs> Don't bad jokes. It is because I'm probably in the middle of the ocean right now. So here I am in the middle of the ocean, just like Tom Hanks and Castaway. And joining me today is my co-host, Micah Currit. Micah, how are you doing today? I would scream Wilson at a volleyball, but people probably wouldn't understand the metaphor. But I'm good. Oh, good. Wonderful. So today you we're didn't even you talking... didn't even laugh at my I joke. Know. I feel like our whole thing, our whole opener is trying to get the other person to laugh and see if they can either groan or laugh at the jokes that come out of our mouths. Just just for clarity, I don't know the, the demographic of folks that listen to this podcast, but <laughs> Tom Hanks was in Castaway, the movie Castaway in the 90s. Was it in the 90s? Well, he was in the Late 90s. 90s, yeah. And uh, Tom Hanks' character gets stranded on an island. And uh, I think like a FedEx plane or something yeah, crashes he's a, a, in the ocean. Fe- he, and... he works for FedEx. The FedEx plane goes down. Um, yes. He survives. So, like, he's... Yeah. Yeah. And there's a volleyball and he names it Wilson because the volleyball's brand is Wilson. And so he draws a face on it and he's yelling at it. And when he's going crazy and hallucinating because he's by himself on a deserted island, he screams Wilson a lot because he's, you know, you know, crazy. So, yes. Anyway, I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? It's, I mean, I'm doing good. I can't complain too much. I have to take the car into the dealership to get its brakes fixed. But again, I'm in the middle of the ocean, so I don't know how my car is going to get there because it's underwater now. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to crack myself up. But uh, today... Um, yeah, what gonna... do you need me for? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> you're like, let's try to make each other laugh. And you're like, I just think myself I know. I don't. I, I mostly just crack myself up, which is a a Stedman trait. We 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 think we're funny in our own mind. Anyway, um, so yes. uh, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about kind of these leadership conventions and kind of how we're seeing less and less of them, um, and kind of reason why that is, um, or maybe a hypothesis of why that is. So before we dive right into that topic, story's gone wild. So Micah, have you ever heard of the game or have you ever played a game where you try to get people to laugh and the whole goal is for those who are who are sitting there experiencing this funny thing happening, trying not to laugh? Like have you ever played a game or been in a situation where the goal was not to laugh at the funny thing that is happening before you. Yes. I remember, the, I think there was like a TV show years ago, a game show on Comedy Central, like in its infancy, where it was like contestants. And then at the end, they would have a mystery well-known comic that would come and do like a comedy set for like a couple minutes. And the goal was for the contestant who won to not laugh to get like a, you know, $5,000 prize or something like that. Um, so I thought that was always um, always a fun premise. So there's this game that I bought for my youth group called You Laugh, You Lose. And you had these laugh tokens. And the goal was to not laugh. Now, get this game. I open up the box. I'm going through reading through all these cards and I'm laughing hysterically at some of these. And then there's some that I had to put in a separate pile. 
because there are ones that I thought, you know, I don't necessarily think that this would be youth group appropriate. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and not necessarily that these cards were like adult oriented, like that adult themes, but it was more cringy or things that had to do with like physical humor. So for an example, one of the questions was to walk around the room and smell different parts, uh, different body parts of people and describe them like it's a fine wine. Which I could see how inappropriate that can get real quick with a teens. Or even with adults too, it could probably get really inappropriate. Um, But then they would have ones like uh, you are an alien, grab the, like, go up to somebody, grab both their earlobes, look them straight in the eyes and go boop, boop, boop. And then they don't respond, let go and go to the next person, which I think is hilarious. But <laughs> but at the same time, as a grown man, <laughs> I feel uncomfortable just grabbing one of my teen's earlobes, whether it's a guy or a girl, and going boop, boop, boop. Or you go up to someone and you put your finger on their mouth and you go shush, like like a like Chad like Chad Gable from the W. Sush. Yes. <laughs> so it's stuff like that where it's like I think it's funny. So literally, I had to. So I separated those cards and then I went down to the office to go grab some mail out of my own mailbox. And I had the cards in my hand because I was still like reading through them. And here I am with the secretary and our financial manager like, hey, can I read these cards to you and tell me if they would be appropriate for youth? And really, I, I think I saved three of them, like three of them went into like the OK pile. But most of the, the most of the handful of one, which I probably had like 15 of them. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I need to put these underneath the game because these are very non-youth things but I, I was thinking about that because how many times in youth ministry or youth pastors have you decided to do something fun or play a game and you or watch a movie and you never pre-screened it ahead of time and something awkward or inappropriate happens and the next thing you know you're getting a call from the lead pastor going hey i had an angry parent call me because of this you know, so I just think it's I just think it's funny that like, you know, even some things that you seem innocent. Um, and I think maybe like last year, I remember telling that story's gone wild where that youth pastor got fired because he made those uh, T-shirts and passed them out to these youth group that says, I heart hot youth pastors. Yeah, that's not appropriate. That's not appropriate. And who thought that was a good idea anyway? But that's why you have to pre-screen everything and maybe have a team of people to help you pre-screen stuff like that but anyway that was my weird story what about you micah um it's funny because you know you're getting ready to go on vacation and uh we're pre-recording these episodes and so i had two stories and i had the one from the the previous episode that we we recorded earlier and i can't for the life of me remember this story for this one um, he calls you know, me out upon the water. Yes, it's, it always comes back to the oceans. Um, <laughs> I think it was. Um, Let's see. You talked. Yeah, it. 
It doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter what you're. No, I'm just <laughs> thinking of the wrong. <laughs> um, no, we uh we st- we're still in the process very much of um renovating uh, our kitchen and our on the lower level of our house, and um we um we. <laughs> If you ever want like marriage advice, install install kitchen cabinets with your spouse. That's that's a the whole whole thing. Um, but we we got most of our kitchen done yesterday, uh, and then uh, did you repair that hole in the wall? I did. Um, I learned how to drywall, uh, not very well, but I, I did. Um, it, it's funny because like you know some people would just want to throw money at a project for a contractor to do it for them thing you're waiting on that person and their schedule and their flexibility to when they can do that. And then on the other hand, my wife and I are just like super cheap about things. Like we, we have money, we're blessed and all those things. But like, we, <laughs> we're like, we're millennials. Dang it. We're just going to do it ourselves. We're going to figure it out on YouTube or TikTok or something. And just, <laughs> this is how you fix your dryer. And this is how you, you know, you put in a water heater. This is, you know, all these things. And so um, it's, yeah, I, remodeling a house while working full-time and going to grad school is a story has gone wild in itself because like, mm. it's just like, okay, we can just do, I, I think I've made 50 trips to, to home Depot in the last four weeks just because of things I've needed and different you know parts and stuff. So I don't know that it's really a story gone wild, but to be continued because that project is, is ongoing, mm-hmm. but like it's, it's something you have to be incredibly patient with, with your spouse about. And, um, just know that I love my wife and that she loves me and <laughs> we survived the weekend. How about that? Because there you go. Um, Wonderful. And, you know, it's just, we got to be patient with one another and love is what patient. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the story on wild is that we just, we continued to uh, working on our kitchen and it's nothing crazy, but um, I'm incredibly sore today from, from that mm. because of, you know, you're lifting the cabinets up, you're putting them down, you're lifting them up, you're putting them down and you you know, you screw them like, to the wall under the stud and you got to make sure they're the right place. You got to make sure they're level. So yes. And then somebody's got to hold them while the other person's drawing them in and you got to hold them still. And I'm just, I am not the most patient person. So that is my story. Story's gone wild for the weekend. And I can't wait till the day we record a podcast, Scott. And I can tell you that my, my house is finished. (laughs) Good. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. So yeah, so today's uh, episode, we're going to be talking about church conventions, um, whether they are within your denomination, whether they are um, leadership, church leadership conventions that you're going to. Um, we're going to kind of talk about all those things because I've noticed, you know, probably about 10 years ago, there used to be like a lot of conventions, um, Orange, Catalyst, uh, um, global, the global summit, uh, convention. Um, I know and there's the, like uh, renewed, the, renewed vision, <clears throat> renewed vision who does proper presenter. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they have a big conference every year or they used to, I don't know if they still do or not. Yeah. So there seems to be like, you know, Barna has a conference. Um, I know there's the if gatherings now, which is a, a conference that they, so, you know, there's a lot of conferences and some of them are still circulation, but I'm noticing that some of the conferences either I used to attend or other or that I've known about kind of 
or I used to get emails about just kind of have disappeared. Um, and you don't really see a lot of conventions anymore. Or if you do have conventions, it's it's almost like church in some ways. You know, the, in the glory days, you could have like thousands upon thousands of individuals coming in to do to this convention versus um versus you now have maybe 500 people at a convention and it's almost like oh the glory days of doing these big conventions is kind of fading out and what are we going to do so those are kind of the things that i believe um are kind of in decline and i'm just kind of curious on why that is so really quickly yes i thought of my stories gone wild that was was going to share on this episode. Like the, the story gone wild was this whole weekend with the whole kitchen thing. However, it was in reference to conventions, right? So um, years ago, I'm talking, I, I was maybe five, six, seven years old. My family um, thought that it was wise. Did you go to Anderson? Like when it was in Reardon Auditorium, like the camp, the camp meeting convention. So no. years ago, before um, the church of God, um, movement, I guess if that's what you want to call it. So Church God used to host their national convention of the Church of God at Anderson University every single year. And um, was Reardon still there when you were in school? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or okay. no, Reardon's so, still there. It was Warner Auditorium that I, eventually I'm got sorry. torn down. Yes. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. Warner, yes. Yeah. So yeah, I went to I went to Anderson for seminary. You went to undergrad there, but like it was gone when I was there. So they used to have our national convention on the campus of Anderson University, but the big services would be in what was called the Tabernacle Warner Auditorium. Mm-hmm. So one year, my family, like people, would come from all over the country and all over the world for this thing. It used to be a big deal, and it's a convention topic, which is what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. But I remember specifically that year. Most years we would go, we would stay in a hotel, we would stay for the week, we would you know, eat out every meal. Like it was a big deal and it was a lot of money for us. That was like our vacation every summer. One year, my parents got the brilliant idea to get a camper and actually go camping to camp meeting that year. And Scott, you know, it's like a pop-up trailer, uh, super small. I don't know how in the world four of us fit in the camper at the same time. But the first night that we got there, there was a tornado that ripped through Anderson. And this was during camp meeting. And so, like, we're in this camper, and, like, the sirens are going off. And so, like, I remember uh, my dad and mom just grabbing us as kids and, like, running to, I don't even know what building we were in on campus, but we went somewhere so that we could go be in a basement. And, like, it just destroyed the campsites, because you know, around Warner Auditorium and around the camp, uh, the convention. And, yeah, so I, I remember that vividly as a kid, um, the tornado uh, ripping through Anderson that year, right as camp meeting was getting ready to start. So that was my story has gone wild, but it was in reference wow. to conventions. And so I don't like, you said you didn't go to camp meeting as a kid. So no, um, like I have a little bit more experience there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, like Warner auditorium got torn down, like probably my junior year at Anderson in undergrad because that's when they had the issues with asbestos and and that's when they 
decided to tear it down and and level it which you know i know for some people i knew some people who like their grandparents worked on building and constructing that and heard stories on how they built warner auditorium which is a fascinating uh way of constructing something incorrectly but <laughs> nonetheless um they did it and so um yeah so my theory about conventions is kind of you know, I, I mean, uh, let's just start with, I mean, I'll start with the low-hanging fruit here. Uh, global, The Global Summit Convention, which was put on by Willow Creek, and especially Bill Hybels, it was like that big, like, pastoral leader gathering, conf- or the Global Leadership Summit, that's what it was called. And I used to get emails all the time about it, and here's who's coming to speak, and here's how to register. And it's like, great, cool. And then after the whole scandal went through with Bill Hybels and everything, I stopped getting those emails. Like, it was like that whole convention just disappeared overnight. And then I think at one point, I got an email that they're rebranding it and that they're bringing it back. And I saw a few things with it and kind of here's who's speaking and here's kind of the dates and here's the registration and all this stuff for this event. And then after that, I haven't heard of anything since. It's almost like they tried to revitalize it. And at the end of everything, it was like, nope, we're not going to do it. Uh, The one leadership convention I went to right now, media, which is a, a service that does a lot of um, on demand videos for Bible studies and everything else. And they have a whole library of like, Bible studies for youth, kids, um, marriage, counseling, whatever it may be. It's a big conference. They used to do a touring conference, so they would always have it in their hometown of somewhere in Texas. And then one time they had it in Chicago, and that's the one I went to. And then they had it in a couple of other places. So they would travel, and they usually have like four or five different cities they do this conference in. And now they only do it in Texas, where their headquarters are located. And um, and I think the, how I got there is they actually gave me a free ticket as a member of Right Now Media. I would get a free ticket, and then all I'd have to pay was for a hotel. So, and then if I wanted to invite like ten people for my team to come, I could pay ten dollars. So it'd be a dollar per person for people to come to this conference. I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. So I went to the conference. It was great. Came back, learned a lot. Uh, but now. They're only doing it in Texas. I'm not getting a free um, thing anymore, mainly because I'm not buying into Right Now Media anymore. Maybe that's why I'm not getting a free ticket. But it just seemed like the being a traveling convention with different speakers on different leadership topics to now it's in one location, and that's where you got to go. The organization CSRM, they have this big sports ministry conference they're only doing it for two days in Houston, Texas. And that's uh, ne- uh, this week, actually. They're doing it this week. And it's like, and I don't know if it's always been like that since I'm kind of new to the sports ministry uh, universe. But it just seems like now a lot of conventions are just slowing down or there's, or you try to search for something. And sometimes you search for like a youth ministry conference and there'd be overwhelming 
of options to go to and you're trying to figure out okay what what's going to work for my time schedule what's going to work um what what stuff do i really want out of a convention that i need to learn to better serve youth and families and now it's almost like i'm like i have five options and sometimes i'm looking at some of these options and i'm like i don't like any of these options these aren't good options so so it's it's one of those things where I'm kind of curious. I'm like, you know, why is this? Why are we starting to see this decline in church conventions? And again, I haven't been in like, I think I've been to one cluster group within the Church of God, but I'm not really, you know, but I'm sure probably when you go to national convention now at the Church of God, it's probably smaller than it was when it was at Anderson, when people were, going to hotels and camping and, and you know, all these church of God pastors and their families invaded AU campus in the summer. Well, I have, I have several theories, but the first, um, the first is the financial piece of it. And you and I've talked about this before, but like, yeah. um, you know, uh, I think you said it uh, a couple of weeks ago, Scott, but like you were talking about how, where is it this year? It's in Tampa. Church got conventions in Tampa. Yeah. So like, and I think it's only four days, but like by the time you spend money on a plane ticket, by the time you uh, get there and pay for the fees of the convention, by the time you pay for food and everything else, you're looking at $2,500 just for one person. Like when I was a kid, I remember a whole family going and that was our whole vacation. I can't imagine how much it used to cost my family to take that trip, you know, eating out three meals a day for a solid week and paying for a hotel for a solid week. Hmm. Um, now, you know, everything's expensive. So, uh, you could, depending on where you're at in the country, where, depending on where you're flying from and where you're flying to, you could get a pretty reasonable ticket to Florida plane ticket wise. Um, if you're driving, you're going to pay for fuel. If you're, um, yes, I pay for food. Um, <laughs> Scott sent me a message in the chat. You pay for, <laughs> yes, we pay for food. Uh, it's more it's more for my reference because yeah. I'm going to come back to that, so I had to type it down. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's all right. It's funny. Um, the uh, the cost is a big is a big deal, and mm-hmm. and I remember going. I went to Church of God convention. I think it was 2014, and it was at Crossings in Oklahoma City. So I had to pay for a plane ticket there and back. My dad and mm-hmm. I split a hotel room. We pay for the food. Yes, we pay for the food. And, um, you know, anything additional, like if we, you know, like I remember getting off the plane and then driving to the hotel and like, there was no food in my hotel room. So like, if I need, if I wanted to, you know, we didn't want to pay for breakfast. So we went to Walmart and we grabbed a bunch of stuff like breakfast bars and some, you know, some bottled water and some other things that would kind of hold us over during the week while we were staying there. And so, um, people that, and people just don't. The idea of of putting things online and being able to see things online, I think kind of deters people from traveling because like, unless you just absolutely just love getting on a plane and being away from your family and, you know, traveling halfway across the country to go to something that's going to be a couple of days, when I can watch it on a computer for free, why would I do that? Right. Like there, I, I went to several conferences years ago. Like you're talking about, I went, to, I used to go to the Orange Conference every single year in Indianapolis because it was super cheap and it was only an hour and a half from my house. And so, 
Um, I learned a lot. The churches, the the facility that hosted was really nice and they're gracious with their time. And, you know, um, the church I was working at at the time paid for my registration. And so like, it was just an extra con- uh, conference for me to go to. And it was, it was great. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with leadership. Uh, there was another one, uh, the Pablo Lost conference I used to go to a lot. Uh, uh, a worship workshop weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was at Cedarville University, which is like an hour from my house. And so like, I would, get up early Friday and, and you know, drive there and spend the day there and come back and, you know, do the same thing on Saturday and spend the day and come back. And it was just, it was a very fruitful time, but the cost of everything is probably the biggest piece of it. And I think if we're sticking in the church of God lane years ago, um, everything was at Anderson, you know, and then everything was on AU's campus. And because it was a church of God college, like the church of God has, Warner Southern, Warner Pacific, Mid-America, and Anderson. And so for years and years and years, they had the Anderson. And I remember like this huge uproar when they stopped hosting it on Anderson's campus and they would go to, um, uh, they went to Madison Park for a number of years uh, mm-hmm. because the, I don't know why the university didn't want to have it anymore or host it anymore because it was too much on them. I I really don't know the answer to that question. I, uh, it's I been mean, too it could, long. I think a lot of it, and it could just be theory at this point, but I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, you had a lot of people still on campus because they're, you know, usually a lot of times, typically with colleges, summer, you have very few summer classes. But as they start to grow their adult education, well, the summer is a good thing for those who are adults to get their degree, who are working to get a degree or a new degree or a second degree. Summer's a good time for them to get stuff done. So now you're having more of an interest of people being on campus and stuff. And it's going to be kind of hard to be on campus when you have a buttload of people on there for campus. And then, you know, eventually Anderson did have that contract with the Indianapolis Colts to do their training on campus. Mm-hmm. And that usually happened right. Oh, that was, that was another piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like a big piece of it, is that, and then like, I think that people, um, you know, kind of lost interest when, I think once that happens, when they moved out of Anderson and there was kind of this new generation coming through, and then there was this transition from Ron Duncan as general director of the church of God to Jim Lyon. And then we moved out of Anderson. There was a lot of, uh, I don't know resentment's the right word, but there's a lot of there was a lot of like confusion. There was a lot of people that just were like, "Oh, I'm not going to Anderson, or you know, I'm not going to camp meeting if it's not at Anderson anymore." So, but then it gave, but then the argument, but then the argument was proposed, Scott, that 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 like for example, if we put the convention in, in Oklahoma City at Crossings Church or Wichita, Kansas, which they did that a number a couple of years ago, like people from the West Coast can come to the middle of the country and not have to fly all the way to the East Coast. Exactly. Right? Where people can come from the mm-hmm. East Coast and it'd be like more of a central centralized location. And then they started doing these like regional uh conventions where they did like little every, and I think they're still doing this, but like yeah, every they're doing the regional conventions, yeah. Yeah, and they're kind of like broken up. There's one on the West Coast, there's one in the Pacific Northwest, there's one in Central, there's one in the, the Northeast, there's one in the Southeast, and you know, there there are different churches. But like I think the biggest thing is is there's just a lack of interest in church culture now and there's just you know you i think you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago scott but like there are if you're pastoring a church of 
50 people and you're the only pastor on staff, and maybe you might even be bivocational, your church isn't going to pay $2,500 for you to go to a convention. They're yeah. just not because they don't have it. So, um, and if you want to take your family, it's all that extra funding. And I, I think too, like it's no disrespect to like these keynote speakers, like, you know, Francis Chan or whoever, like Francis Chan spoke at me and NAC a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but like, if I really want to see Francis Chan, I can throw YouTube on and I can watch one of his messages or I yeah. could, you know, go, go into the, to the archives of the churches that he used to pastor and look at the videos where he used to pastor, or I can read his books or I can like, I think there's just a lack of, you know, people don't want to go to things anymore. I don't know what it is. It's like, I, I think yeah. part of it's the digital age where people can put, pick up their phone or their tablet and just look at anything they want up on YouTube or TikTok and just say, Oh, that's really cool. But you know, uh, I went to um, we, Jordan and I were talking about it, but like Jordan's been on your show, but like movie theaters, mm-hmm. people don't go to the movie theaters after COVID. Like, like we went and saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and we were like twelve. There were twelve people in the theater, right? And then like same thing with Ant Man and the Lost. We went and saw that one. There was like fifteen people in the theater, and like it's a theater packed for fifty. It's like yeah. People don't just people just don't do things anymore. I don't know what your yeah. thoughts are on any of this. Well, so I think I think that I mean uh, the financial side's key because um, that's key because again the bivocational pastor is not going to be able to afford to go do all that stuff. And I mean I bring the question about you pay for food because here I'm I mean again like I have a youth convention slash missions trip this July that I'm navigating through. And one of the things that I was so, I mean, and I think per kid, per person, it's about $670. Wow. And that's including hotel and everything. Like I've included all that. Okay. I didn't factor in food in that cost because usually, A, I'll just tell kids, hey, you, it's hard to navigate food because some kids are going to eat more. Some kids are going to eat less. So it's well, how much money they want to bring for food. But at this convention, Lunch and dinners provided. They're providing food for us at this convention. Breakfast is the only thing that's not covered. Maybe that's covered by the hotel. I'm not sure. Some even hotels are no longer doing like continental or warm breakfast anymore. Sometimes you have to pay for that service now. But it's stuff like that where you go. That's that's. um, It's interesting because now it's like, wow, I've never been to a convention where all my food was covered. For the whole entire time I was there. Um, So I think that's a big thing. Cost is a big thing. Because, I mean, and now I know like when they started doing like the online streaming stuff, like, you know, I can now pay. And I don't know how much it's going to be. But if if me going to a convention is, let's say going to Anderson Convention in Tampa, just the registration cost is going to be $275, right? But if I want to get the online link to watch stuff at home, maybe that's 200 And I don't have to pay for, I mean, food, I can make meals at my house. I can sleep in my own bed. I mean, the only thing I don't get is I don't get the fellowship component, which may be kind of the reason why you're there. You can kind of network with people and talk to people. But even that, like, you know, especially a lot of times with pastors, you're kind of already on your own in ministry. Unless you live in like a big, unless you live in like a big city like Columbus or Ohio, where we have five districts in Ohio, 
where if you are pastoring in Iowa, it's Iowa and Minnesota and a cluster of states that are kind of part of their region. And it's like, oh, you're probably the closest mentoring pastor, church got mentoring pastor, might be like two hours away, three hours away, you know, five hours away. And you're just thinking, well, I'm not going to be traveling and having coffee with the pastor next with the church of God pastor, because they're five hours away. Um, so I think, so, so, I mean, technology is a big part too. I think the other thing is sometimes, and I, with, when I went to right now media, they crammed, they crammed that event so much with speakers. Like I got to see Phil Vischer and Jared Wilson and Eric Mason and, um, Jeannie Allen. I, so I got to see like a lot of the, oh, uh, Chip Ingram. I got to see a lot of these like big name people, but they'd go on stage and they're going to talk about this topic and they would talk for like seven to 10 minutes and then they're done. And a lot of times I'm thinking, and then I don't get to see them. I don't get to follow up with them. There's no breakout sessions. Like I sit in a thing, have a big 30 minute set of worship, hear about hear three people speak for 10 minutes each of so 30 minutes and then another closing out of worship. And then not only that, because since it was right now media, I was shocked that every time I walked around, someone from right now media wouldn't have talked to me, get to know me, but then they start pitching to me. Hey, you have a subscription to right now media. Yeah. I have a subscription to right now media. Oh, okay. And then they go talk to the next person. It was like, it was almost like this convention was for people to buy into Right Now Media. And it's like, well, if I already have Right Now Media, I'm not the target audience for this conference. But it's like, but I'm here because you guys gave me a free ticket to come to this convention. And now it's like, I'm not really intermingling with a bunch of groups. I'm not really engaging with other church leaders. Like, it was almost like I just sat there and watched a, watched a TED Talk. It was like I watched a concert and a TED Talk for two days and then came back home you, for free. Do you also feel like, costs. do you also feel, yeah, do you also feel like that um, those things are just exhausting? I feel like those things it's... are, I, I don't necessarily feel like they're exhausting. I feel like they're good stuff. I think it, when it comes to the application, I believe you can go into those things and you can get fired up and then you get back to your home church. And some pastor, and then you try to implement some of the stuff you learned, and a lot of times it doesn't work because it doesn't work within your church context. Yeah, and that, so I think I, that's I think that's the frustrating part. I actually had some pastors ask me about certain conferences, leadership conferences, because they were tired. You know, even people who just went to Anderson, they were saying, "Well, I'm tired of just hearing the same old. Everything's always geared around the Church of God." Which is, you know, it's fine, but I feel like in my ministry, I need to find practical tools or find out, find different ways or creative ways to be able to do ministry that doesn't have the Church of God spin to it. Something that's going to kind of really impact. So I say, well, hey, if you want this, there's catalysts. Um, you know, right now media is kind of good. And I say, and I say, right now, meet catalyst is good because there's this, there's this, and it's it's like what you want. Um where when I went to the children's pastor convention, I felt like that worked. And there's a ton of people there. And I felt like that worked because it was in the winter in Florida. Well, man, if you live in Minnesota and you can go to a children's p- a 
pastors convention in 70 degree, 80 degree weather in February, sign me up. Um, I get to go to Disney. Cool. Sign me up. Um, and then not only that, but it's, it's put on by a independent or it's an international network of children's pastors, which is a completely independent. They're not associated with like Zondervan. They're not associated with the denomination. It's completely independent. And then when they had a speaker, your speaker was just for that day. So you got to hear a full leadership speaker for 30, 40, 50 minutes. So it's like, I, and then you have breakout groups. So then if there's a sp- specific topic you want to really hone your skills on or something you want to add to your repertoire of ministry, you can go to this group and you can engage with other children's pastors in this setting. And it's like, that works because it's a bot more fruitful. And that's why I think that was a little bit bigger. And even though they had an online component that you could be a part of, it didn't really drop their numbers of people who are attending because you still they still had at least eight to a thousand people at that conference yeah i guess what i was saying in reference to being exhausting was that like a lot of those days were 12 and 14 hour days mm-hmm. like some of those days like you know you're going you know depending on the length of the conference it could be a weekend three days it could be three four five days at the most and you're looking at 10 11 12 hour days each you know mm-hmm. by the time you um yeah. By the time you get you get through each session, you know, you almost need a vacation from your quote vacation or the conference time. So like, yes, you can leave and, and to your other point, Scott, like you can leave with your heart so full and, and ambitious and but the, but if you go back to your church you're not willing to do those things, then then did you waste your time? Question mark. Or uh if they are willing to try some of those things, then great. Was it worth it? Probably. However, um I think the biggest piece for those things is to connect with others and see how people are doing. Like a lot of the church of God thing back to the church of God, like the national convention was like more of a connecting with other pastors and leaders that, you know, that, that work across our country and across our world. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a time for them to come together, spend time together, worship together. But I think too, one of the other things, you know, before we kind of wrap it up that I wanted to say was that, you know, we, the biggest I don't want to say it's concerning. However, I think the biggest uh, issue for me, whether it's, um, we'll just stay in the land of Church of God, whether it's district convention, state convention, or national convention, it's they've really got into the habit up until last year, Scott, when you said they changed kind of the ordination pattern with uh, with state GA here in Ohio, they, they kind of did that earlier and people got cut loose earlier, which is great. Uh, the problem that I see churches running into or not churches, but uh, conventions specifically in the church of God lane is that they are wash, rinse, repeat every single year. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. So like, why would I spend $5,000 to go somewhere or $2,500 to go somewhere? If it's going to be the same thing as last year, I'm not saying the speakers as much or the worshiper who leads the worship as much as it is the, the formula, the rubric, the, the itinerary, if you will, it continues to, you know, be the same kind of, stuff every single year like i would be more apt to to go you know every other year or every couple of years versus Mm -hmm. every single year if it's going to be the exact same thing over and over again and i was kind of encouraged by your remarks last fall when you said you went to state ga and they were like yeah we did our worship in the morning we did our session they did a little bit of break they had lunch they came back to the other session they did ordination and they got out of there state ga used to be 12 hours long like you would get there at eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning and by the time ordination service was over that night 
it was eight or nine at night. And if depending on where you were in the state, Ohio's a big state, Scott. And so like you could be driving yeah. two hours home. It could be an all day affair. So yeah. Yeah. And and, and I know and, and I will agree with you. Like it seems like a lot of times it's just the rehashing. And you know, I think what made the um children's pastors convention so great is you knew who the speakers were ahead of time. You also had the list of all your sessions and then you signed them up like you signed up for your what you wanted, like the classes you wanted to take two to three months ahead of time before the event. So it's like, oh, I really want to take this class on developing a mission statement or I really want to take on how I can create like a family worship event. Like for me, okay, I want to do that. Or how can I be more diverse? How can I be my, more diverse in my youth uh, event planning to incorporate all people of different walks of life or different social economic statuses. Like for me, okay, yeah. And I can see, and, and I think this is, I see all that up ahead of time. It's not like, okay, here's our thing. And it's basically worship with the same worship leader we've had for the last five times. Uh, we're going to have the same couple of speakers talk about the same thing. And then our big piece is we're going to have to talk about the credentials manual because we're making changes to the credentials manual. So we're going to have to talk about that. And it's just stuff like, it's like if it's just the same thing over and over again, I don't want to pay money for that. I don't want to pay right. money for the same thing to talk about our usness than um, than talking about our uh, instead of talking about you know some of the practical challenges that I may be facing in my small bivocational church or in my big mega church. You know, I'm not. Yeah, it's cool. I get to hang out with all my colleagues and get to see people I graduated from Bible college with and get to catch up with them. That's great. I like that. But if I'm there to like learn, bring something new to the to my congregation and I feel like I'm just getting a rehash of the same stuff, then how am I growing as a pastor and as a leader to help change the culture of my church to be more like the kingdom? I think that's I think that's kind of the big thing with a lot of these conferences. They're either packing so much in so little days that you feel like you don't get you get you get fired up, but you don't get a lot or you do get a lot. But it's the same stuff. And you just feel like I need something more because especially within the last couple of years, the whole landscape of ministry has changed, whether you realize it or not. And, well, you and, have the, to... and that's probably the biggest deterrent of it all. Right. Like if it's the same thing over and over and over again. And they, you, you go and then like, you're like, well, if this isn't helping me change my ministry or the perception of, of the ministry I'm serving, why would I keep going? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So friends, let us know. Are you, are you kind of getting, are you someone who goes to the convention all the time and you're feeling fatigue? What are your thoughts on why we're seeing a decline in church leadership conventions and all that? We'd love to hear your comments. You can again, comment on our Facebook page. Um, in our comments or even in any where you listen to this podcast, or you can go to our website, thescottstedman.com and just send us an email and we will probably read those uh, emails and comments on the air on our next episode. So friends, hope you have a great day. Next time we'll be on with a new episode and I won't be uh, out in the middle of the ocean. Take care. Mm-hmm.